0: This is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to today's episode. I am so thrilled you're here. I am Sandy Scarlatta, America's happiness coach, author of Happiness Solved. I'm a retired U.S. national and international figure skating coach. I've been a certified life coach since 2004, and I've been inspiring others to shift their mindset and choose happiness for over 20 years. If you have any questions you would like answered on this podcast or just in general, please email me at sandy at or visit www.sandyscarlotta.com to schedule a free call. Thank you for listening today, and I hope you enjoy it. Today's guest is Louise Manta. Louise is the founder and creator of Soul Juice, a Korean pear juice that is as healthy as it is tasty, and has been a top-selling product across the state of California since its launch not so long ago. He used to be a top college athlete and then saw a need for a proper health and a natural drinking solution for other athletes, so he pivoted from sports into entrepreneurship. He wants to let people know that even if you are young, you can do it and follow your dreams. This is such a fun interview, and I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Louis. How's it going today? And I just said... Lewis and we just went over this before we started. It's Luis.
0: <laughs> I all good. My my dad goes by Lewis. I'm I'm actually the fourth, so so I've, I get Louis. it all the time. I'm used to it. But hi, Sandy. <laughs> excited excited to talk to you. Tell people about soul juice yeah. and uh, the journey to oh, get it, here. Oh, it
1: sounds like it's been a great journey for you. Um, and I was about to make a joke that like I'm like the the classic. You know, I give blondes a bad name all the time. <laughs> so. Like, are you drinking your juice right now?
0: Yeah, I got the, job. luckily owning a beverage company, I'm never thirsty. That's, that's one nice thing. We have plenty of product always around, always consuming it and it, and it's good to be hydrated. You know, most people don't get enough liquids during the day, so it's good to, to make sure I'm constantly sipping. Yep, I drink too. about
1: five or six of these a day. I like the big bottles. I don't have yeah. to refill really it as much. So where are you located right now?
0: So I'm in Los oh, Angeles, okay. Marina del Rey, uh, just south of Venice, north of L.A. Oh,
1: life is rough for you.
0: Yeah, I I got no complaints. It's uh it's sunny and seventy every single day. I can I can wear a hoodie and shorts and walk outside and be it's perfect. It's
1: one of the most beautiful parts of the country, and the world. I would have to say oh, yeah. too. I mean, you know, it's it's just beautiful out there. Okay, so you are the founder and creator of Soul Juice, and and it was funny because. My brain immediately like, oh, he must be Korean, and then I looked at the name, and I'm going back and forth, and I'm like, nope. <laughs> so, so, tell yeah. us about that journey. And uh, I mean, I, I've read your story. I went on your website and and all of that, but but let's hear it from you.
0: Yeah, so uh, I get the I get the Korean thing a lot. My parents actually grew up in Asia. Okay. So my my dad is an immigrant, but not from Korea. They grew up in Asia, so I was accustomed to having uh Asian foods, fruits, vegetables all the time growing up. Uh, so the Asian slash Korean pear, I've I've been having since since I was a little kid, uh, and never really knew the health benefits behind it. I I'd, I'd had it because it was similar to an apple, and I'd eat it growing up but I never really knew uh, the, the extent of fiber, antioxidants, potassium the fruit has, and all the benefits uh, it can bring you. And And they've been using it for forever in, in Asia and Korea for for its benefits. But it was pretty cool to use experiences from my parents' life to be able to come and and create a product that not only helped me, but has now been able to help other people as well. Right.
1: So, so what was the catalyst or the big idea? What... What led you to creating this product? Product, product, and were you like like what was your college major? Like, you-
0: so 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 I was a soccer player for I, I tell people twenty years of my life was a hundred percent dedicated to soccer. Uh, I played overseas, uh, went on trial with a club called National. That's a big time club, produced a lot of players, and then I went to St. Louis University uh to play soccer. That was my my goal when I got there was to become a soccer player, all the people on the team that was all the goal. So so I'm sure a lot of other college athletes too, you go to school to be an athlete and the school portion you don't think about as much what you want to do after school. Uh so my sophomore year I was drinking a red sports drink and I had an allergic reaction, I broke out in hives and i was I couldn't believe what was happening. I wasn't sure what was wrong, so I went to all these doctors, figured out I was allergic to red dye number mm-hmm. forty, which is found in all types of uh food that people currently and eat and you. and it's really bad for you, and it's in a lot of health type sports products so when I realized this, I was trying to find another alternative and absolutely couldn't stand coconut water. I didn't really consume coconut water before this. Uh, But I started drinking it, and I just couldn't find one I really liked, and I just couldn't palate the taste. So I was looking for alternatives, and that's when I remembered the I saw all these facts on the Korean pear, and I was like, oh, I've grown up eating this. Why why doesn't someone make it into a juice? And I looked online to try and find the juice, Uh, couldn't find any except in Korea, and it cost me $50 to ship like a two-pack. And I was in college, sophomore, had no money. So I was like, that's not happening. And I'm like, I'm just going to start making this. So at first it was for fun. I was giving it out to teammates, passing it out at parties. It helps with hangovers as well. So on a college campus, it did really well there. And it was just for fun until I had a buddy hit me and go, yo dude, like, are you going like, to start making us pay for this? And it hadn't really clicked that people would start giving me money for it. I was still a soccer player and I said, alright, let's 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 try doing this and building out a business for it. And did pitch competitions, start to raise money and, and build the concept out. So it was a I went into it. uh, I went into school wanting to be a soccer player and then got my business degree and started a company. So I kind of transitioned my entire life there. But a lot of the things I took from being a good teammate, being a leader on the soccer field, things like that have really helped me in the business sense. And you'd be surprised uh, most of my business contacts and people I do business with right now. Are all people I played with growing up, so they've all gone out and done different things as well. So that's been that's been an awesome experience too.
1: Yeah, well, that's great. And now, were you a business major to to begin with?
0: Yeah, so I I graduated uh, with my BS in business administration, and I actually I graduate uh, from my executive MBA from Pepperdine in two weeks. So a lot, lot. Of, I'm a big time school guy. I really I really like school and think it helps a lot. I know that's kind of. Um, uh, a touchy topic in entrepreneurship. There's a lot of entrepreneurs I meet that absolutely hate school, but I think school is very useful and, and you can do a lot of things, at least business-wise, starting a business by going to school. And there's a lot of good resources that universities have.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so I owned a business. I started it in 98. It was an IT recruiting company. And we, you're too young to remember, but in 2001, there was, I'm in the D.C. metro area, it's what they called the, like, dot-com burst. So there was a lot of internet startups out here. So they, you know, it was kind of like the Silicon Valley of the East Coast, in a sense. But I don't know if that's a good comparison. But anyway, AOL was here. The headquarters were here. Um, they're still here now. Um, so that that's why I think a lot of companies were drawn to this area. So anyway, long story short, I couldn't keep the company going because of the just... Every recruiting company in the area went out of business because people just stopped hiring. What I'm getting at is I finally went back to college um, after I went through a divorce. And it was kind of like my insurance policy because I was in management. I was like, if I want to keep this job in management, I have to get a degree. So I finished my degree in business management and I was astounded at how much I learned and and really felt that it would have made a big difference had I known what I knew now Back then when I owned a business, because I was, you know, within two years, I was doing 1.2 million in revenue. So that was really good for a startup. And and so I really I'm just just such a strong proponent. Like if you really want to be an entrepreneur, you know, it's so important um, until you can get to the point where you hire people that are smarter than you. Right. (laughs)
0: Oh, a hundred percent. And that that's super cool. My, my dad was in tech and I actually lived in the Silicon Valley, Northern California area for a bit. So I, I am somewhat familiar with, with the crash, but that, I mean, yeah, going from in two years, going to 1.2 million is huge.
1: Yeah, it was great. And my son's in college now. He's a junior in college and very entrepreneurial and, and he's thinking about going to law school. And I'm like, you know, that would be really great, but if you want to own a business, get your MBA. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and and it's always good. What I try and tell people is it's always good to be around people that are that are in the industry you want to do, that are doing the same things you want to do, that have done it before. And then it's always better to get better at what you do. So as an athlete, I you get to a certain point where your athletic ability isn't going to carry you anymore. And you see a lot of people, like there's a tipping point where you have to also study the sport. You have to constantly be engaged in it. You have to be trying to get better every day. And I just tell people, if you immerse yourself in something and just surround yourself with people that are, because everyone's going to be better than you, people that are better than you so you can learn, so you can grow from them and take certain things that other people have done and make it your own, I think that's really important. And, and that's what I've constantly tried to do. People I work with, I, I'm constantly trying to learn. I'm never the smartest person in the room. I'm always the person trying to learn the most, I tell people. So that just be scrappy and try and try and soak in as much as you possibly can.
1: Yeah, yeah, so true. So in your, in your bio, it says you want to tell people that even if you're young, you can do it, you know, to follow your dreams. So, so what, what can you talk about that? Because starting a business in college is incredible. And the fact that, you know, this is like your job, that's that's really incredible. And you're still very young. So.
0: Yeah, I I try not. And I try and not think about how young I am in in terms of what I'm doing things like that, like i I try and always put that to the side. just go, "How can I be the best CEO?" and no matter what age you are because because I think the average age of entrepreneurs is around forty five. A lot of people don't talk about that either. I think a lot of people see people like me and think that people just right off the bat get into it. But it's actually people usually start much later. So it's always important to just know wherever you're at in the process to just try and become the best CEO or business person you can be. And that's listening to your customers, listening to your employees, just taking in all the information you can and trying to grow that way. Because the more the more I meet people and the more we grow, I know no one really has it figured out. It's just about adapting and learning and trying to be the best product and business you can be. So just continually doing that. And any young person, uh, just ask for help. As many possible people you can ask for help. Uh, just start getting your idea out there as much as possible, because what's in your head, too, isn't going to be what ends up selling. You know, there's going to be all sorts of things that change with it. I mean, no matter what you're building, it's never like what you picture in your head. It ends up being way bigger, or way different. So keep going with what feedback people are giving you, what what you're seeing in the market, what competitors are doing and trying to scale scale that way.
1: Yeah. And I like that you said adaptability because things are always changing. And they
0: need to be changing, right? A hundred percent. And just get involved. If if it's someone who wants to get involved in entrepreneurship and doesn't have the idea yet, just go go to groups, go go to things like that. See where you can be of help. Because who knows, all of a sudden you'll run into a connection that's trying to do something. You can learn something from them and then that sparks an idea. Just uh, continually get involved and keep trying to... Uh, expand expand your connections and get to know more people because all that diversity of thought that you get from being friends with all types of people then too helps you out so just continually try and try and get better and, and learn more from others
1: right yeah exactly so what would you say that the biggest lessons you learned from the soccer field what are those because you said a lot of it is transferred into it what would you say the biggest lesson that you learned from playing being a pretty elite um, soccer player Transferred into your business as an entrepreneur.
0: I think I think being a high level athlete uh, prepared me more for business. And I, I I know I hype business school up and say everyone should learn and go to school, but I I learned just as much from the soccer field and trying to grow that way. And I think people do in their careers. You know, like you have you you have people that'll be in one industry for twenty years and then all suddenly pivot and go to a new industry and be able to bring all this these cool different perspectives to it as well. So, so I think just being an athlete and growing up in a team environment, working with other people is huge. You know, you have to be part of something that's bigger than yourself and then have a role where you can thrive and flourish and be creative. And then that role brings benefit to everyone, you know? So it's it's cool to, to have a role and be surrounded with other people's trying to trying to reach a common goal. I think that's super important. And I think people don't realize that as much now how important sports are and not just a social aspect but a life aspect how those connections you make young how you learn to work with other people how i'm sure everyone once in a while someone's a captain of a team what responsibility comes with being a captain showing up on time to practices making sure you train outside of the practice time there's just a lot of skills that people can pick up that will translate uh to two life type skills and just making you a better overall person too.
1: Love it. Love it. Okay. So this is happiness solved. We're all about happiness as an entrepreneur, especially with a startup, you're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. You're going to have frustration. You're going to have stress. What do you do at your young age to keep yourself grounded? And so that you're, it's not a job for you. Like it's, you know, your passion. How, how do you keep, keep centered and grounded?
0: I, I tell everyone, I wake up every morning grateful that this is what I get to do. You know, it's it, it, as soon as I wake up, it's like I get to work for myself and start and, and and whatever list you have of like opportunities in life. I think that's really important when you wake up to just realize that and start your day there because that, you know, it, it can always get worse. And I think anyone that's lived has had a bunch of cruci. I call, call them crucibles, so big events in your life that have shifted things pretty drastically anyone you talk to has had those things and they're all different they're all completely different you know so as long as you keep doing what you know is right and following your path all those crucibles you'll be able to get through them and and keep going so whether it was my athletic career and having injuries or getting traded to certain teams those type of things you just always have to push through and be grateful that you were a high level athlete and then with the business, it's like every time we have a big, big sale or expand into a new account, you know, something else could go wrong. But it's just about getting the product to more people, making more people happy and just spreading. We're a big, fun, healthy company. We're all about being fun and healthy. So just spreading that to other people is a great opportunity as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. So how did you figure out like supply chain? Because that's it's one thing to have your business degree, but supply chain, that's like a whole other animal. Like, how, how did you figure all that out?
0: Yeah, so this is a big part where gratitude comes in. We actually went to launch and scale in February of 2020. (laughs) So yeah, and we were set up in Asia, we were producing, making everything in Asia. Of course, March 2020 happened, and we lost that manufacturing facility. So I had to go back to the drawing board, I actually stocked groceries. Uh, cause I didn't know at that point, I didn't know if the business was then going to come back, what was going to happen. So I stocked groceries, I consulted, I did everything I could. And then we relaunched the business, uh, in the U S so that was, that was last about mid last year. And since then we've hit retail stores, we've been able to bo- move into an even bigger manufacturing facility, start bringing people on. So COVID has been very difficult for us and we had a lot of big losses and had to navigate certain things from it. But the business wouldn't be where it is today, and we wouldn't be growing at the rate we were if we didn't have to deal with those supply chain issues, inflation issues, uh, sourcing plastic bottles from all over the country. We, we, uh, we're shipping stuff in from Pennsylvania and all over the place. But so, so it's very difficult, but in the moment, it's just what needs to get done. And luckily, to having uh, all the professors I had in school help me go back to the business plan, figure out what things were working, what things weren't working, and scale based on based on what we saw. And I'm sure there's a bunch of – every single person I talked to um, has had some sort of COVID difficulty, whether they they couldn't do something they've always done. They had to pivot and hit a new market. Some people sell completely new things. Like they had to go out of business in their current business and flip to something completely different. But you see it happen a lot, like you said, in 01 and then in 08 and, and now with COVID uh, people have had to adapt and, and you always see people come out better from it, which, which is cool as well.
1: Gosh, you are so wise beyond your years. <laughs> that's great. And and I love that, you know, that you, you talked about that whole pivoting thing again, because that's just something that you have to do. And, and, and the word that keeps popping up for me is resilience. Like you're learning that resilience, right? Yeah. So and important. it does
0: not it doesn't feel like that. So that's the thing. Yeah. It's, it, the word to describe it is resilience. But when you're going through it, you just have to be grateful and and go for your opportunities. Because you're always going to find someone that's worse off. You know, like oh. every single person I've met, there's always going to be someone that's worse off or someone that uh, had an even harder journey that was able to make it. So there's a lot of motivation there, too, you know, and seeing yeah. other people achieve things. And I, I tell people to clap for everyone so like just cheer for as many people as you can because that's motivating too you know you hear their stories of what they had to overcome to get to it and and it inspires you like hey this person did x y and z i only have to do x y i can definitely do this and and just being positive and thankful uh i think that comes with my dad being an immigrant i think that's been really instilled in me and my siblings is that just like you have this opportunity in America to go achieve things that most people around the world can't go do, like be thankful that you have those opportunities and try and make other people's lives better with the opportunity that you have. So it's just it's just a really cool, positive way to, to look at things.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. And then also, you know, we're always going to have economic ups and downs. And so now you'll have that experience that you can draw from because it's going to happen again, right? A hundred
0: percent. And yeah. if you're doing the right thing, it, the right thing's not always the 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 money making thing or the thing that feels the best. Like the right thing, you just know. It, 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 you're like, we have to go this direction. It's the right thing for our customers. It's the right thing for the employees. It's the right thing for the entire business. And it's usually the harder thing, no matter what, that you have to do. And just know that that as long as you keep making the right decision, things end up working out for for That's the true. better. Even even if you have to completely pivot
1: for sure. For sure. This was so great. This conversation. And when I was, went to your website and I was like, Korean pear. So I have a Korean aunt. Oh, awesome. She introduced me to Korean pears many, many years ago. And I forget about them. I'm not a big fruit eater. I I probably, I should, but I'm like, you know, I love Korean pears. Like that's the the one fruit. It's very different than an American pear.
0: Oh yeah. It's almost like an apple.
1: Right. Exactly. It's very crunchy. Um, crisp and yeah. So I was like, I'm going to go buy some Korean pears. And I this is it. a
0: Nashi. This is our uh, Korean mascot. pear mascot that yeah. we have. Yeah. He's a, he's a Korean pear. Uh, that's another name for it is the Nashi pear. And then, wow. uh, that's the product. Just three water, Korean pear and lemon juice. That's it. So super simple too. Wow.
1: And as a result, it's very healthy.
0: Oh yeah. Super clean. No added sugar. Um, no hyper-sweeteners. I know that, that that's pretty popular right now, whether they're natural or not natural. Uh, just straight fruit and water, the things we've ate for hundred humans have ate for hundreds of years. The the more I played sports, too, I started realizing that you just want to put the cleanest thing you can pronounce in your body. So look for stuff that hasn't been altered too, too much, that's just what you can naturally eat, and, and that ends up being the best for your health long-term as well.
1: Well, and and here's the thing, you know, you are what you eat and what we consume both mentally and physically, but there's a connection between the two. So if you're feeding your body with all sorts of junk, it is going to affect your mental awareness. Oh,
0: definitely. And your gut and brain are so, so connected that if you, if one's out of whack, it's going to end up messing the other one up too. So it's so important to pay attention what you're putting in your body and, and the rest you're getting and, and the mental state you're. Putting yourself in, because because those two things can end up making everything else go all all wonky, and and that's your foundation.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, Lewis, this has been—I just did it again, Lewis. Oh, okay. You know why? Because it's an S on the end. If it was a Z, I would know it was Louise. And, <laughs> Apologies.
0: And it's just so no, no. It's so common that I I get it all the time. So I respond to it. So completely normal. <laughs>
1: So, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience today?
0: Uh, no, just check us out uh, www.solduse.com, and you can follow follow our story and see us grow. And hopefully, your your listeners can find find us at a store near them. Coming soon, we're we're growing pretty quickly, so so that would be really cool.
1: I wish you all the best, and just keep keep that mindset because you've you've got it all right there. It's it's incredible to hear. So. Thank you. It's been an honor to have you on today.
0: Thank you. Appreciate it. All
1: right. Take care. That was so much fun. And he is such a old soul who is wise beyond his years. I really enjoyed that interview. So you can learn more about Soul Juice at SoulJuice.com. And remember, Seoul is spelled like the city in Korea. But I think it's also sounds like it's really a juice for your soul. Pun on words there, right? So thank you so much for listening today. And as always, I hope that you and your family are healthy and safe and that your lives are filled with peace, joy, and happiness. Take care, everyone.